My name is Dr. Jeffrey Burke. I'm a naturopath and a master herbalist and the host of the Staying Healthy Radio Show. My show airs Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. I bring you the best guests in the industry and the topics that are relevant for today's health. The shows stream live at 8 a.m. And for those of you that cannot listen live, my shows are now podcast daily for on-demand downloads at my webpage, drjeffreyburke.com. The show is sponsored by Stay Healthy Health Food Store, Las Vegas' oldest independent health food retailer, now in their fourth decade in the Las Vegas Valley. They're located at 840 South Rancho Drive in the Smith Shopping Center. Go in and see what a local retailer can do for you. Great selection, the most knowledgeable staff, the highest quality products, and amazing prices. The hours of the store are Monday through Friday 9 to 7, Saturdays 9 to 6, and closed on Sunday. I'm looking forward to talking with all of you soon. Stay healthy. Hello and welcome back to the Staying Healthy Radio Show. Hope everyone's doing great, that your first week in the new year has been successful, maybe as far as your healthy journey is controlled. Hopefully you're healthy. Hopefully you're doing what you need to do and taking what precautions you need to do. And God forbid, if you are getting hit with COVID these days, you're doing what you need to do to get healthy and get back out there and do what you need to do. But being a little bit more prepared maybe a little bit healthier. The thing that I've learned is that we can't control the things that are coming at us. All we can do is hopefully be healthier and have ourselves in a better position to be able to deal with the things that are coming at us. So that's what we have to do. We have to be prepared. There are things we can control in life and there's things we can't. You know, so we need to make sure that we're doing everything we can do to be as healthy as we can because we all wanna get healthy, be healthy and stay healthy. But we also need to know and be reminded often that there's a little bit of work involved. There's no magic wand. There's work involved. And we just have to do what we have to do. Because it's well worth it. I've never known anybody that said, you know, I'm healthier than I've been in a long time. And I'm so sorry I took the time. That's not the way it is. People are going to be like, "Wish I wish I would have done this sooner. So keep that in mind. Every day here on the show, Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 in the morning, we talk about the relevant topics for good health and well-being. What's new, uh, new ways of taking supplementation, new findings, new formulations, new delivery systems, and of course, some of the most incredibly awesome guests and educators in our industry. I've been very blessed over my almost 40 years on the air. Goodness, I'm at 40 now. Oh my goodness. Um, to be able to work with the best of the best. I call them all friends. They are my peers. I'm fans of all of them because they are so knowledgeable. And it's just amazing that I get to have these one-on-one -on -one conversations and bring to my listeners all over the world and people that listen in so many other countries as well, you know, to what is available and giving people hope for health and well-being. Here in Las Vegas, I send everyone to Stay Healthy Health Food Store because it just makes good sense. If you have the choice of going somewhere where you get to work with passionate, educated, informed people that want to help you and give you the information you need to make those better, wiser, healthier, more decisive decisions about your health and well-being, that's where you should go. And that is Stay Healthy Health Food Store. Now in their fourth decade in the Las Vegas Valley, they are Las Vegas's oldest independent health food retailer. With good reason. They're a fully packed, full service store with only the best of the best. And when you leave there, you'll regain a little bit more of a positive focus. 
and maybe some peace of mind and maybe be able to disseminate and break down and dissolve some of that misinformation that's all over the place today. Make them your go-to place. You'll be happy and healthier for it. You'll find Stay Healthy Health Food Store at 840 South Rancho Drive in the Rancho Town and Country Center on the northwest corner of Rancho and Charleston right next to Smith's. Monday through Saturday, 9 to 6 are the hours. They're closed on Sunday. Make sure to go to their webpage, stayhealthylasvegas.com, print a coupon to use in the store, enter your email address to stay connected, and to get a monthly newsletter. Pretty cool. And you can listen to any of the radio show on-demand podcasts that are always there for your download pleasure when it's convenient on your time schedule. Make sure to call them at 877-2494, 877-2494. They have mail order services available, and they even have what I call order preparation services, where it's one of those days you got meetings and everything's going on and it's crazy, but you still need your stuff, give them a call. They'll have everything ready. You can swoop in, pick it up, and be on your way. Stay Healthy Health Food Store. Make them your one-stop full-service location for everything you need to get healthy, be healthy, and stay healthy. Well, today I get to talk one of those incredible guests today and someone that I'm a huge fan of as well. Cheryl Myers is back with us today. Um, I'll give you a little bit of her background. It's actually quite a great background. Uh, Cheryl is the Chief of Scientific Affairs for Europharma. She's also a healthcare professional with certifications in cancer, pain controls, and the issues of aging. She's an expert in dietary supplements and natural medicines who has been featured guest on hundreds of radio and television shows. She's been interviewed by the New York Times, Prevention Magazine, and the Wall Street Journal. Cheryl's a member of the editorial board of the Natural Medicine Journal, and her own published research has included topics such as menopause, diabetes, sleep disorders, and gastrointestinal function. As an expert educator on natural medicine, Cheryl has been invited to give educational presentations at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, the Jefferson Mirna Brin Center of Integrative Medicine at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and other healthcare organizations across America. She's been a guest of mine many times, and I know you guys enjoy listening to her because I get your feedback. And I also see the downloads of her shows from the podcast. So we're going to talk about some interesting things today. So let me welcome my guest. Good morning. Good morning. It's so delightful to be able to visit this morning. I wish I was there in person. Well, I'm I'm in Oregon today. <laughs> I'm on the oh, road today. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm right back on the road. I'm in Oregon, then I'm home to, tonight, and then I'm in uh, Northern California on Monday, and then Michigan the following week. So. Um, it's been kind of crazy, uh, but honestly, you know, I'm so glad to be back out on the road again. How are you doing? Uh, we're doing great, but as you know, our company is based in sunny Green Bay, Wisconsin, and we are in <laughs> for a cold snap. Where it's next week, it's supposed to get as cold as negative 11. No, can't do it. I think, my, I think my body would just explode or turn into dust. I don't think I could do it. My blood is so thin, and I was raised in Michigan. You know, uh-huh. so I mean, I my body has that history, even though I try to erase it as much as possible. But I think if I was in that kind of, I, I was, I'm freezing out here, and it was uh, 50 yesterday. So um, yeah, you know, so there's some kind of a Norwegian <laughs> or a Swedish saying that something to the effect of "there's no <laughs> such thing as too bad weather, only too bad clothing." So something like mm-hmm. that. That if you you can always dress for the weather, and if you're cold, you're not dressed enough. So. I'm trying to take that to heart, and I just keep layering. 
Well, you know, we went down, we, we go down in the 30s, you know, in Vegas, you know, people don't know that, but we go in the 30s at night because many times we have to blanket the horses. Uh, but then it goes to 60 the next day, so you have to go down and unblanket all the horses so they don't sweat, and then you have to put them back on. We had a 22-degree night last week right before I left, and all the pipes broke all over the city. Oh. Oh, so fine. people's horse corrals were flooding, and then the horses were standing in cold grounds water. Aww. So we had to have somebody out there to fix all the pipes. So, but they that usually we get one or two of those, and that's it. So looks like we're heading toward a little bit of nicer weather. So amen to that. I'm glad you're well. Were your holidays good? Everything was wonderful. Everything was wonderful. That's good to hear. So for people that are tuning in right now, we're going to be talking about products from Terry's Naturally. Europharma. Uh, many of you know these products. You go to Stay Healthy Health Food Store. You've heard many of my conversations with Cheryl. These are extremely high quality, transparent formulation formulas. Um, I think Terry Limeron has done a beautiful job with this company and what he's done and his vision, which is amazingly incredible. Um, I've been a fan of Terry's for a million years. And we're going to be talking about two things today. We're going to be talking about the Siconitrol. Uh, and we're also going to be talking about berberine. Um, where would you like to start? And well, I want to I make sure that we stress that these products are multidimensional, meaning that they do hit a lot of different age groups of people, you know, not just one specific age group. Because I think you'll agree that the world today, a lot of things that used to be aimed only at the geriatric community has really made its way to many other age brackets. <laughs> Um, well, a couple of observations. Uh, one is that when I graduated from school, also a million years ago, I went to Purdue University, and a good school, uh, when I graduated, I had heard of something called sugar, sugar diabetes, or sometimes they were, they were just starting to call it type 2 diabetes. And it was a, an acquired diabetes that didn't have anything to do with your pancreas failing at a young age, like type 1 diabetes. And so I knew that it mostly happened to people that were very, you know, like in their 70s or 80s. Um, it happened because their sugars got out of whack because their pancreas was starting to get a little tired and old. And, you know, that was kind of what we were taught, that these, and then they had more difficulty with controlling their blood sugars, and that led to a lot of diabetic consequences. Uh, but it, I'd never seen a case of it. I honestly had never seen a case of it. Now, let's fast forward a couple of decades, and, and, you know, this disease that sometimes helped, you know, affected older people uh, getting towards the end of their lifespan is now being seen in eight- and nine-year-old children. So what the heck has happened in the past 30 years? Well, 40 years, there's, there's just been so many dramatic changes to our environment and to our lifestyle and to our diet. It's not just one of those factors. I think it's a perfect storm of all three. So when I'm talking to patients, I say, we are walking around in prehistoric bodies. Our bodies developed over hundreds of thousands of years, time spans that are incomprehensible to me. To be adapted to a certain environment, to certain threats in the environment, and to certain kinds of food. Well, now we've taken those bodies and we've plunked them into the modern world at a time when no one has ever experienced the dramatic amount of changes that have occurred, especially in the last 100 years. I may, might have to increase that to 150 years because some of the changes were starting to happen in the 1800s 
with our diet, with the kinds of food, and also with chemicals released into the environment. So we're struggling with a lot of chemical exposures, that chemicals that never existed 100 years ago, hundreds and hundreds of new chemicals developed in the last 50 years that don't have adequate safety testing, that do things to how our, how our bodies work. There's a lot of compounds out there called xenoestrogens, fake estrogens, like the BPA in plastic bottles. I'll pick on that one. Uh, that those xenoestrogens affect estrogen metabolism in both men and women. And we talk about BPA as a risk for breast cancer, but it also plays a role in how our body stores fat. Estrogen plays a role in that. And if you're a, a wash in xenoestrogens, you're gonna, your body's going to get pretty darn good at storing fat. So we, it's not just that Americans, they're eating, you know, candy bars and soda for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, although that for sure is a huge issue. It's also the fact that we have a lot of chemical exposures that we don't fully understand. We're also the most sedentary generation that has ever existed in the history of the human race. And I'm not faulting people. I myself have a relatively sedentary job. I mean, but... A hundred years ago, most people didn't just sit at a desk and look at a computer terminal. They were up moving all the time. Our bodies are designed for almost constant movement. And, and so we're not, we, that disrupts our metabolism as well. So is it any wonder that we're seeing such a huge increase in problems with blood sugar and prediabetes and type 2 diabetes and having it happen at younger and younger and younger ages? You know, just looking at sugar, just sugar on its own. So I, can, I count high fructose corn syrup, but it's not the same as sugar. It's metabolized differently in the body. When you, excuse me, when you look at the 1950s, people on average over a year were exposed to maybe five pounds of high fructose corn syrup. Today, that's closer to 70 pounds. Uh, the consumption of just plain sugar, I'm not talking about white flour that gets converted to sugar or white rice that gets converted to sugar. I'm talking about actual sugar in the mid-1800s was about 30 pounds on average per year. Today it's over 200 pounds of sugar on average every year. These are huge disruptions to our diet. Americans eat 11 or more servings of grains every day, and let me guarantee you, I'm not, I know I'm not telling you anything new, those grains are not buckwheat, groats, and brown rice. Those are mostly wheat, mostly uh, refined wheat, so it's white flour and things like pizzas, and things like, you know, white breads and sandwiches and the, the list bagels, the list goes on and on. We have a huge exposure to grains. We are up from the 1970s where people ate on average about 130 pounds of flour and cereal products a year to over 200 pounds. And that's just since the 1970s. So, you know, I, I think that part of the problem is big food. Part of the problem is profitability of food, where foods are created to appeal to our taste buds or mm -hmm. retrain our taste buds to crave certain things. Because if we crave that Snickers bar, we're going to eat more and make more money for M&M Mars, you know. If, if we crave those potato chips, if we crave salty, if we crave fatty, you know, ice cream. The ice cream is a, used to be an occasional treat. You know, now that I know individuals that eat ice cream almost every single day. So, you know, we've, we're, we're susceptible to exposure to advertising images and television images that show us a, an unhealthy way of, of eating. And, and subconsciously, I think that kind of triggers us to 
especially if we're feeling a little down or unhappy or bored, to reach for things that aren't very healthy for us. So the diabetes numbers have just been skyrocketing. Uh, you know, they ask, when we look at how many people have diabetes, when we look at, in, they estimate that by 2030, more than a third of American adults are going to have flat-out type 2 diabetes. That's insane. I think one of the best things that any human being can do at any age to help prevent disease, to help feel good, and to help lead a longer life is to have excellent, absolutely excellent blood sugar metabolism where the body takes in calories, burns them efficiently, that sugar that is consumed. And when I say sugar, I'm not talking about candy bars. I'm talking about blood sugar. Our, even when we eat um, steak and potatoes, a lot of that gets, that gets turned into fuel for our bodies and blood sugar. That gets used to fuel our cells in order to make ourselves live long and healthy lives and in order for our cells to do their job, whether it's a bone cell or a brain cell or a kidney cell. Uh, to keep that process working at the most optimal rate is probably the most healthy thing that you could do for your body. But it's very hard to do because you can't just snap your fingers. It takes, um, it takes a little bit of a protocol, a little bit of a, you know, an effort to make some changes. This question just came in and it says, I'm glad you're talking about this today. I was recently diagnosed with type 2. I am using medication, losing weight, changed the diet, exercising, doing really, really well. What is the philosophy, because I think you're going to be talking about some products for this category, what is the philosophy about using these kind of things if you are on medications? Obviously, I'll let my doctor know, but I just wondered, is it okay? Well, you know, it is, on the one hand, there are literally thousands of dietary supplements and hundreds of thousands of drugs, and the combinations have not all been investigated. However, to the best of our knowledge and what we have seen in published research where oral and injectable anti-diabetic medications have been used, there are supplements that have been tested alongside of them and have been found to be safe taken in conjunction. But I'm really happy that question was asked because that means that person is in communication with their doctor. And mm -hmm. that's the other important thing is you need to talk to your doctor about those kinds of changes. But, you know, making a change in your lifestyle is not an easy thing. Uh, I've, I've met purists who have never, never carried an extra ounce in their life, uh, who are not necessarily foodies, who eat only for nutritional sustenance, and um, that say, well, just just change your diet. Well, yeah, that's, that's easy for some people. It's very hard for other people. I, I like the baby step approach. You know, uh, find one thing in your diet you can live without and get rid of it. If, it. if I could choose for you, I would choose your sodas. You know, I mean, when you look at Coke and Pepsi and Orange Crush and Mountain Dew and all these different sodas, there's, they don't have a single redeeming value. Some of them have caffeine, which itself is somewhat addictive. They all have high fructose corn syrup. They're rarely made with sugar. And even if they are made with sugar, they're not that much healthier. Uh, some of them have brominated vegetable oil for mouthfeel. Uh, brominated vegetable oil, it delivers bromide into your body, which competes with iodine. And if you drink enough uh, and get enough bromide in your body, it impairs thyroid function. So if I could vote for one thing to get rid of, switch to car. If you like the carbonation, I like bubbles. You know, switch to carbonated water. Switch to that or, you know, something that, you know, like a sparkling water and get rid of those other things. Like that, even the caramel colors in the, in the colas. Uh, if you drink enough of them, have been shown to have some carcinogenic properties. So I, I certainly consider uh, 
you know, those big gulp sodas where people are taking a gallon with them wherever they go. I think they are the devil. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's it seems like sometimes we're we're fighting against our own food weaknesses. And I was talking about this the other day, and I do want to get into these products, but I do want to make this this point, is that food has gone from something that we did for sustenance, like you mentioned, but also for rebuilding the body to keep it healthy enough so it could do what it needed to do the next day, to a situation where now our entire world rotates around food, either for celebration or being depressed or something big in our life. I mean, we don't meet anybody just to sit and talk. We meet people around food. And the foods that we crave, I mean, when someone's feeling depressed and run down and anxious and had a terrible day, they don't say, I think I'm going to go home and have a bowl of Brussels sprouts. They say, I want some ice cream or something that makes them instantly feel good on their taste buds. So food and the food companies have really made food something that we crave, but it's also it's killing us when you really look at it. Well, you're absolutely right. Now, I, I, I love food and I, I love Me good too. tasting food. You know, and I love, one of my favorite things to do is to go out to eat dinner with my friends. And so I, I understand how food has become, a, it's always been a part of our socialization. Even thousands of years ago, people had feast days and feasts mm-hmm. and big parties. So I'd like to separate that out from the craving. That's a separate issue. Uh, the Part of the craving has to do with certain foods do trigger um, a little bit of dopamine release in our brain. Like that, the, the, the sweet, fatty foods do trigger a little bit of dopamine release. Uh, just like gambling, uh, for some people, triggers a little bit of a dopamine release. Uh, sex, for some people, triggers a little bit of a dopamine release. And dopamine is a feel-good chemical, and we crave it. Social media triggers a little bit of a dopamine release when you see somebody commenting back to you on your posts or, or, or something to that effect. So we don't even know it, but we're kind of training our brains to crave more and more dopamine. And the things that will trigger... Uh, dopamine release in our brain. Now, add to that that human beings have built-in cravings to help them survive. Sometimes human beings legitimately crave fat because we can't survive without fat in our diet. And it, it pushed people to go out there and risk their lives to kill that mastodon, you know, so that they could get healthier levels of protein and fat in their diet. There are people, you know, craving sweets uh, gave people the incentive to climb those trees and to get those apples or, you know, to find those berries on those bushes, even though you had to walk a couple miles, because that sweet flavor makes us feel good. So craving started out as a healthy survival mechanism, uh, and have, but then they've now been manipulated chemically and intensified by food companies. Gosh, I sound like a conspiracy person, don't I? But they, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, but they have been manipulated to, uh, to, to really hone in on exact targets to stimulate those cravings. So I know you know this, and I bet most of your listeners know this. If you do a complete sugar cleanse and you don't touch sugar, not a bit of sugar crosses your lips for a month, you kind of lose your taste for it. You don't crave it as much because you have retrained your body. I'm not asking everybody to go that dramatic, but there, there are things that you can settle down. I have to admit, decades ago, I was a huge diet soda drinker because I didn't think I was doing any harm to my body uh, because, you know, uh, I didn't know that there was anything wrong with aspartame and I wasn't putting sugar on my body and I loved it and it tasted delicious, especially on a hot day. There were days when I would drink five or six diet Pepsis. And, 
you know, I never thought I was doing anything unhealthy. Well, then I started to see the light and decided, well, i got to get this stuff out of my life. And I, I completely went off of it, switched to a carbonated water when I wanted something sparkly. And if I wanted caffeine, coffee and tea, age-old, uh, time-tested, healthier options for getting your caffeine on board. So I went for quite a long time, and I craved it for a week or two, but then it, the cravings went away, and I just forgot about it. didn't even think about it. Well, I was in the car with one of my friends, and I was just really thirsty, and they had an open Pepsi. And I said, oh, God, can I have a drink of your diet Pepsi? I'm just, I kind of got a frog in my throat. I'm like, oh, go ahead, have at it. I took a drink of it. It was one of the most hideous things I've ever tasted. It's like, I don't know what happened, but... It's like my my tongue got so attuned to how it tasted, and it kept because it gave me because it gave me these positive signals. I guess my body interpreted that as well. This must taste good because I feel so positive when I drink it. Uh, and then when I finally tasted it after I hadn't had it for a long time, I could I couldn't tolerate it. It was terrible. So I I think that 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 definitely at least to me personally illustrated the manipulation that's happening with our taste buds and with our cravings and using those manipulations to profit. So the product Sucontrol, how do you, pronou- how do you pronounce it? You said it right, Sucontrol, Sucontrol okay. D. Now is this something that people would use if they already have a sugar issue or are we working preventively here or a little bit of both? Well, I would say a little bit of both. If you, okay. are, if you are lean, slender, healthy, you, your blood sugars or your fasting blood sugars every morning are below 99 or 90, you know, below 100, you don't need this product. If you are starting to creep up, you know, uh, I, there's a lot of listeners out there whose blood sugars are in the 110, 115, 120 range in the morning, fasting blood sugars, and their doctors say, oh, you're heading in the wrong direction. If you don't get a handle on this, you're going to end up on medication. Uh, then absolutely, you may not be full-on diagnosed yet with type 2 diabetes, but metabolically your body is telling you that they are on a slippery slope and you are heading in the wrong direction. And it's easier to turn that train around uh, earlier rather than waiting until it's, until it's really bad. But it's never too late to add to Control D. This product is uh, based on an herb from, it was originally uh, discovered in Mexico and Central America on a tree. Uh, called Hintonia latifor. It was a small tree or a large shrub. And the bark of this had been used in traditional tonics. Uh, You know, a lot of traditional cultures drink tonics at certain times of the years because they believe they have health-giving properties. They're not addressing a specific problem. They're just healthy for you. So it was a tonic. And German scientists about 60 years ago became really interested in this bark. And they found a compound in it called cuterogenin, and it's, a, it's in the polyphenol family, and they found that it's just fantastic for blood sugar, for diabetes. And so this product was developed in Germany about, well, a little over 50 years ago based on this German research and has been a bestseller ever since. I mean, when you go to Germany and you go to the doctor, if you're starting to have some abnormal blood sugars, chances are they're going to tell you to go to the pharmacy and buy to control D. So there's a lot of human research on this product showing that alone and in combination with diabetic medications that can have some really positive positive results. So the, it, this, um, the way that it works is, because people always ask me this, is it going to drive my blood sugar too low? It is not like a drug. Drugs take, you do push, can push your blood sugar too low, so you have to make sure you take them in moderation and keep an eye on your blood sugars. This product manages more 
how your blood sugars are created in the first place, uh, how the, the cells take up the sugar. So those are the mechanisms that it's affecting. Uh, so you're never going to get too low of a blood sugar. That's one of the things I love about it. It will, it will take your blood sugar down, but it's not going to get too low. And one study, uh, which is my favorite study on this product, uh, they looked at several individuals who, um, I think it was 178 people, and they had type 2 diabetes. They had, uh, or what they call pre-diabetes, which is when you're diabetic, you're, where your fasting blood sugar is in that, you know, 110, 115, 120 range. So you're not diagnosed, but you definitely have diabetic tendencies. You're heading in the wrong direction. And the people were in four groups. So of those individuals, um, everybody had diet changes to help control their diabetes. Uh, so there was one group that was diet change only. They were not yet taking any medication. There was one group that was taking oral anti-diabetic medication only. There was one group that was taking insulin only. And then there was another group of poor souls who had struggling so much they were taking both oral anti-diabetic medication and insulin. So those were the four groups. So I want you to know that the individuals here already had their blood sugar lowered by the drugs or by the dietary changes or by a combination of both. But when they added in the Sucontrol D, it took their hemoglobin A1C levels down another 11%. It took oh. their fasting glucose levels down 23%. And better still, because this was a very long-term study, it went on for eight months. Every month, the dietary complications were reduced and by the end of the eight months, they were down 73%. So these are things like stomach upset, difficulty digesting food, neuropathy in the, in the feet usually, but sometimes in the hands, burning and prickling sensations, skin itching, sweating, excessive urination, uh, excessive thirst. All of these diabetic complications that come along with blood sugar issues were down 73%. So that's my favorite study because it shows that even if you have already been treated, if you're not perfectly at your goal, you can still do better. You can still get better results. Now, I've uh, often been asked by patients to talk about the hemoglobin A1C test because I think it's kind of confusing. It's so very confusing. It is, isn't it? So there's two tests that doctors usually use to, to um, evaluate your blood sugars. The one's called the fasting blood sugar, and that's pretty self-explanatory. You don't eat anything um, after 7 or 8 p.m. the night before. You get up the next morning, you don't eat anything. You go in and you get your blood drawn. What is your blood sugar when you're not eating? And so fasting blood sugar, I always tell people, is like a snapshot. It shows what's going on right now. It doesn't show what happened a week ago. It doesn't show what happened two weeks ago. It's what happened right now. So if you happen to have trouble digesting your food the night before, or maybe you had a couple extra glasses of wine with your meal, or you, you, so it was somebody's birthday and you had a piece of birthday cake and you had an, an unusual uh, level of, of, of sugary calories the night before, your fasting blood sugar might be up. And you don't want to get diagnosed somebody with a disease based on one reading. So you never say, oh, they have a problem with their blood sugar because you get one abnormal reading. You have to have several fasting blood sugars in order to determine what's their average. So a better test is called the hemoglobin A1C. 
Now, sugar in the blood affects our red blood cells. They have what they call a glycation reaction. So high levels of sugar, it's a, it's a little bit like stickiness and a little bit like uh, browning, like when you brown toast a little bit. You know, it's a, there's a little bit mm-hmm. of a glycation reaction. So when you uh, test the hemoglobin in those red blood cells, when you test that, you look for how much of a glycation reaction has occurred. So the, the more the glycation reaction the higher the average blood sugars have been over the past four or five, maybe even six weeks, right? When they have lesser glycation reaction, they have had less sugar exposure over the last four, five, six weeks. So I like the hemoglobin A1C better because it's not giving you a snapshot. It's telling you what's been going on for at least a solid month. So a hemoglobin A1C level is important. If you can get it under 5.7, Five is fantastic, but keeping it under 5.7 is very healthy. When you start to climb above 5.7, a little bit above 6, you're starting to get into that pre-diabetic heading in the wrong direction range. And usually they diagnose you with diabetes if your hemoglobin A1C goes above 6.5. So small changes in the hemoglobin A1C level can produce fantastic uh, fantastic levels of risk reduction in your body. So looking at another study of people who took the control D with type 2 diabetes who failed to control their blood sugar levels with changes in the diet. So they took their hemoglobin A1C from a 7.5 down to a 6.6. So that's a really nice reduction. Is it is it in the free and clear range? No, it's still in the diabetic range. However, a one-point reduction, so this was a one-point reduction, a one-point decrease in hemoglobin A1C reduces your risk for cataracts by 19%. It reduces your risk of heart failure by 16%. And it reduces your risk of amputation or death from vascular diseases uh, associated with diabetes by a whopping 43%. So even if people do not get their levels down to perfectly normal, any reduction has a huge impact on their long-term health. You know, the interesting thing is I, I knew diabetics many years ago, and they would say, I'm going in for my blood work. I'm going to be really good this week. And they would go in, and their blood work would be good, and they'd get a little pat on the head, and then they would leave and do all the wrong things again. <laughs> I think the good thing about this A1C is it really does allow you to get an accurate reading, but it also keeps you in check knowing that you can't fudge the system. It does. I mean, it's only human nature. Uh, to, of course. You know, you want your you want your lab values to be okay, uh, and then then we can go back to deluding ourselves that we're not hurting ourselves with some of our our habits that may not be the best in the world. Um, so you know, I I understand that inclination, but you're right. The hemoglobin A1C really is a far more accurate picture of what's going on with your body's ability to metabolize sugar, to metabolize food, to turn food from food into sugar and sugar into energy in the cell for the cell to do its job. You know, the sad thing about type 2 diabetes and pre-diabetes is one of the issues is that the insulin, which is a taxi cab, the insulin picks up the blood sugar and drives it to the cell and honks the horn. And then the, when the insulin honks the horn, the garage door comes, opens and it drives the sugar inside 
and that sugar gets turned into energy it feeds the cell it helps the cell uh, to be a good bone cell or to, if it's a liver cell to help it uh, detox if it's a heart cell to keep the heart beating so it's important energy for the cell but it's also the energy for the cell to stay alive cells only live a certain period of time and when they die they have to replace themselves that sounds well and good but there's there are processes in the body that dictate how many times the cell can replace itself and when you run out of divisions you run out of time personally as well so if you can keep that cell alive 10 or 20 percent longer oh my gosh it has a huge impact on healthy longevity as well now what happens in diabetes is the taxi cab the insulin taxi cab has this little load of sugar it pulls up to the garage door and honks the horn, and the garage door doesn't go up. Or maybe it gr- goes up a little bit, and the taxi driver can push a little bit of the sugar inside, but can't get rid of its full load. So many bad things happen then. So if the sugar can't be delivered, the taxi driver doesn't know what to do, so it just keeps driving around the highway and driving around the highway, and eventually your dispatcher says, well, that's just a waste of time. You're, if none of, the, none of the cells must need this sugar. So we're going to turn it into the storage form of sugar. We're going to put it in the bank. We're going to turn it into the storage form of sugar, which is adipose tissue, which is fat. So it turns Mm -hmm. it into fat. So diabetes is a disease of starvation. The cells are starving. The cells are dying prematurely. The cells are starting starting to see a reduction in healthy cardiac activity, healthy kidney activity. What's the number one cause of the need for a kidney transplant? I bet you know. It's the diabetic damage that happens when people have diabetes to their kidneys. So all these changes start to happen because the cells are starving. But at the same time, you're getting fatter and fatter because you just keep depositing fat tissue instead of feeding your cells. So people are always shocked when I tell them that type 2 diabetes is a disease of starvation. You can't get the sugar into the cells to be burned for energy and to help the cells do what it's supposed to do. So here's another question that goes along. You know, people are listening to this and they're like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. Is uh, daily dosing on these like a one a day um, or is it more than that? It's more than that because Su-Control-D has been shown to help a little bit with opening that garage door. They call that insulin resistance. So it helps to reduce insulin resistance. Uh, it, it, so it has a, a lot of different things it does in the body, but one other thing it does is it slows down the conversion of starches into sugar. Now, it doesn't block them. You still absorb them. This is not a get-out-of-free-jail-free card. You still absorb them, but you absorb them more slowly. The reason that's good is because when you release too much sugar into the bloodstream at one time, your pancreas over-responds and dumps a huge amount of insulin. Mm. And that's hard on the pancreas, and that's hard on your body because now you've got more insulin than you need for the sugar that's been put in there, and then you can end up with reactive hypoglycemia, where you eat the big meal and you feel all tired and cranky and starved an hour later because now, you know, uh, your blood sugar is way down again. So if you slow down how quickly that sugar gets into the bloodstream, yeah, it still gets in there, but the the pancreas doesn't go crazy and dump a a dump truck full of insulin into your bloodstream. It releases a little bit. It's like, well, a little bit of sugar come in and I'll release a little bit. Five minutes later, "Ah, another little, uh, uh, little bit of sugar coming in, I'll release a little bit more. That's much healthier. Now, I know that's a long explanation, but that's why you should take it with meals. It's because not all, but part of the functionality plays a role in how your food is uh, transformed into sugar, so it's good to take it with a meal. Now, some people now, take it with their... Okay, pardon me? 
No, I was just going to say, because I'm looking at this right now, I'm also thinking to myself, you know, as someone's using this, you know, because someone just chimed in and they said, you said you were going to mention berberine, which I know we'll talk about. And I think a lot of people are just wondering, are they able to do more than one thing for their blood sugar or should they only rely on one thing? Oh, no, absolutely. As I said, this is a very complex disease. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if my friends come to me, uh, people that I love the most, and they come to me and they say, what's your best protocol for diabetes? They're going to walk away from me with five or ten supplements, you know, because there's a lot of other things we have to do. We have to take care of the blood vessels. Uh, You know, there's just so many different things that we have to do. But, you know, absolutely you can use the Control D and Berberine together because they don't work the same way. That's the beauty of it. So because, as I said, this is taken with meals, some people take two a day, uh, one capsule twice daily. If you're in that pre-diabetic range and you don't have a lot of blood sugar issues yet, take take one. If you're two big meals or lunch and dinner, take one with lunch, take one with dinner. But for people that are already starting to struggle and maybe they're right next door to starting medication or maybe they already have for their blood sugars, I would go up to three times a day and take it breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And if you don't eat three meals a day, no worries. Take it on an empty stomach. It's okay. As I said, though, but part of its activity has to do with how food is processed, so that's why I recommend you take it with food. Now, how does berberine play in? I, we got to make sure we get this in. Absolutely. So berberine is another herb. Uh, it can co- Berberine is, is not a plant. It's, an, it's a compound that's found in plants, uh, a variety of them. And um, berberine can come from Oregon grape. It can come from Indian barberry. I mean, there's just a lot of plants that contain berberine. But berberine works on something we call metabolic syndrome. And the way that it works for metabolic syndrome is kind of, this is, we're getting into some fancy science now, so I hope I don't turn anybody (laughs) off, but it's called uh, AMPK, adenosine monophosphate activated protein kinase. (laughs) That's just ridiculous. Oh my gosh, yes, let's get, let's get, embroider that into a pillow. But AMPK, it's an important compound. It's an enzyme that is activated in your body that switches on cellular metabolism. You know, our, our cellular metabolism is not always running. And there are lots of things in our diet, in our lifestyle, whatever, that suppresses our metabolism from running the way it's supposed to. So I think of AMPK as something like the checkered flag at a racetrack. Like you're, you're, re- you're sitting there, you're ready, you got the energy, it just hasn't been activated yet. So it waves that checkered flag and boom, off the race cars go. All of a sudden you start burning that energy. Um, so it's, it's crucially important for increasing the ability of the body to handle uh, not just blood sugar, but some of the other aspects that play a role in metabolic syndrome. So metabolic syndrome is uh, adipose obesity, generally, where they sometimes call it visceral fat. So you're a donut. You're gaining the weight around the middle in the tummy. Um, It's high blood pressure, hypertension. It's high blood sugars, so you're starting down the diabetic range, and dysregulated cholesterol. So it's not about the, the total cholesterol numbers. I think those are useless. Uh, but it's about you're starting to see high levels of triglycerides and the worst forms of LDL, those very low-density lipoproteins, and the HDLs just are starting to dwindle and dwindle. So you want to rebalance that cholesterol. You want to pull all this in. That's why I think of it as more of a metabolic regulator than absolutely specific to blood sugar. But one of the most powerful things that it does 
is help with insulin resistance and to turn on the metabolism to burn sugars. So it's one of the few substances known in the whole world that activates this AMPK. So there was a clinical study of 24 people that had metabolic syndrome, and they got 500 milligrams of berberine three times a day, and they took it for three months. And there was a 20% reduction in their insulin resistance score. That means that more sugar was able to get inside the blood cell, or I'm sorry, inside the cell in order to be utilized in um, energy production. There was a 42% reduction in triglycerides. Triglycerides are are very negatively associated with health. So it also stimulates the ability of glucose to be converted into fuel instead of circulating around in the blood vessels causing trouble and getting stored as fat. So it, it helps glucose. It, that Part of that process is called glycolysis, where you break the glucose into pieces to convert it into, into fuel. Well, it helps with that process. So using berberine along with Sucontrol-D, absolutely fantastic for helping people uh, do well with as far as their blood sugars are concerned. You know, as I'm looking at these and, and I and I see the differences, but I see the crossover, but I also see the similarities, but I also see the synergism between them. I think to myself that I would want to use both because I, you're working on different principles, but the outcome I think would be so much better if we were approaching it from two different angles that support each other nutritionally. Oh, absolutely. As I said, this is a very, you know, people just say, oh, it's diabetes, blood sugar. It's really complex. It's totally complex. And that's why there's rarely, uh, that's why I'm not always keen on the pharmaceutical model for a lot of these things. You know, if you break a bone, yes, go see an orthopedic surgeon. They're fantastic at that. So, but, but when it comes to these complex syndromes where there's not one thing going wrong in the body, there's not one thing that's dysregulated, there's buckets of things that are dysregulated. There are all kinds of things that are dysregulated. You have to come at it with a protocol. And that protocol does include some lifestyle changes and getting up and moving a little bit more, but it also it can usually includes more than one dietary supplement. Now, berberine is really hard to absorb, and the clinical studies have all been done on 500 milligrams of berberine three times a day. But for people who um, are concerned about absorption, or we do have a once-per-day ultra-absorbed berberine that's in a gamazorb complex that really drives in the berberine so you don't have as much trouble with absorption. So you get a higher amount in the bloodstream, but uh, the clinical studies have not been done on the ultra-absorbed. So I always tell people that. Yes, there is a boosted absorption berberine, but the clinical studies thus far, because this is so new, there are no clinical studies showing how it works. The clinical studies have been done on the berberine, 500 milligrams times a day. So there is, there are two Terry Naturally products you can choose from. Uh, with regards to taking berberine, you can take the tried and true berberine Met X, which is the one tablet. I'm sorry, one capsule three times a day, or you can take the berberine Met X Ultra Absorption. You know, I just, I, I, I really appreciate this show today because, you know, it's giving people some clarity. But, you know, what I've learned over the years is the frustration and, you know, the confusion that goes in with a lot of the metabolic problems that are out there, be it high cholesterol, you know, high LDLs, you know, blood pressure, blood sugar, 
inflammatory problems you know people just get really really confused and you know we come from a time you know when there was little to no information we had to search high and low to find it i literally spent the first 20 years of my uh, my career in the library trying to find something and now today you just swipe or click or go somewhere and get all this information but then you have to think to yourself okay i have the information is it true so yeah. there's even more confusion so we end up not only being educators, we also be, end up being re-educators in taking away the confusing information. Because I work with a lot of diabetics, and I have for a long, long, long time, and confusion is a one constant with many of them. Not knowing what to eat, not knowing what supplements to do, what A1C means. I mean, it's confusing. You're right. It's detailed. And they're still not complete. The, mm-hmm. the sciences are not aligned either. I mean, when you mm-hmm. look at the, the medical care that people get, it's not aligned. So, so uh, for example, a professional dietitian. My father-in-law, 10 years ago, was diagnosed with uh, type 2 diabetes after he had a heart procedure in a hospital. During the testing, they found that his blood sugars were running too high as well. They were started him out with dietary changes and oral, what you know, anti-diabetic medication. So he's in the hospital, and he's transferred into a regular room after this procedure. And the dietitian sets him up on the diabetic diet. Guess what he got? I looked at his tray. It was awful. He got sugar-free Jello. He got a white roll with a pat of margarine because butter's bad. And he had um, turkey with fat-free mashed potatoes and fat-free gravy over the mashed potatoes and the hunk of turkey and some, you know, steamed carrots. It was dreadful. It was dreadful. They were obviously not paying any attention to things like uh, the glycemic index of do you really want to give white bread and mashed mm. potatoes and you know what I mean and, and gravy and things that have a wheat a wheat base, a, a white flour base to make that gravy to a person with diabetes who's already, because they've developed diabetes, has shown you they're not the best at handling simple carbohydrates. And don't even get me started on sugar-free Jello. But <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so you got the aspartame and you got the gelatin and I I just was I thought that's the worst meal I've ever seen and it was horrible tasting. Um, yeah. You know who's going to stick with that if they think that's what they have to eat if they have diabetes? So as I said, even the medical world's not completely aligned, and some people are getting advice uh, that well you don't have to look at what kind of foods you eat, just count your calories. Well, that that doesn't work because some some foods are higher calorie but fantastic for diabetes and some foods are lower calorie and they're terrible for diabetes it's important to think about what kinds of foods you're eating as well you can't just count calories or dreadfully how many times have you heard this i'll just bump up my insulin dose tonight eat what i want constantly it's just it's i hear it all all the time and i and i know that i mean you have no idea the amount of people that are chiming in saying thank you for the clarity today and Uh, I'm going to tell people right now, we have to close out the show, but I want you to go back and listen to this podcast, because if you miss something, you might catch it the second time. Cheryl, I can't thank you enough. This This has been a very, very important show, and I'm so glad I got a chance to do this with you. Your clarity has made it really good and easy to understand. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's an important problem, and any little step in the right direction is a good step. I wish you well, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. You bet. Bye bye. Bye now. Isn't she wonderful? I think she's so good. Remember uh, the berberine, uh, we talked about the Sucontrol and all of the Terry's Naturally Europharma products, all everyday low prices on these. Keep these in mind if you are 
tiptoeing through the sugar issue in your life. And of course, you can always share them with your medical practitioner, which is a good thing to do. Let them know what you're doing. But head over to Stay Healthy Health Food Store. Check out all the Terry's Naturally Europharma products available every day. We talk about a lot of them here with Cheryl. Uh, all great products, a very high quality, transparent formulation line as are so many of the products at Stay Healthy Health Food Store. Stay Healthy is your one-stop full-service location for everything health and nutrition. Now in their fourth decade in the Las Vegas Valley, they are Las Vegas's oldest independent health food retailer, and they do it right every day. They're so good at what they do. You know, when you're trying to get healthy, be healthy, and stay healthy, I'm telling you what, it's confusing, and it's not easy. There is no magic wand. I wish there was. It means work is involved, but we can work hard or we can work smart. Working smart means going somewhere where you can get answers, get your questions taken care of, have conversations, be directed to maybe the best way for you to progress and, and, and be able to have a better focus of your priorities. And that's what Stay Healthy is all about. Stay Healthy Health Food Store, 840 South Rancho Drive in the Rancho Town & Country Center on the northwest corner of Rancho and Charleston. Once again, in their fourth decade in the Valley, Las Vegas' oldest independent health food retailer, the most knowledgeable staff, the best customer service. And you know what? It's just the place you want to go for the best of the best, a fully packed full service store with only the best of the best. Monday through Saturday, 9 to 6, closed on Sunday. Call them at 877-2494-877-2494. Schedule mail order services, schedule order preparation where they get everything together for you so you could just zoom in, pick it up, and be on your way. Um, while you're there, don't forget, fill out the slip for the drawing of the month. I think they have one basket this month. It might be two. I know one is the Irwin Naturals gift basket. Fill out the slip for that. Uh, you'll be really glad that you did if they pull your name to win. And don't forget also about their webpage, stayhealthylasvegas.com. Print a coupon to use on your next visit. Enter your email address for newsletters and stay connected to the store and listen to any of the radio show broadcast. Uh, keep in mind, if you have anybody that is a diabetic, have them go back and listen to this podcast. Cheryl made some really great points today that might just make things a lot better and give them a better direction. Check out all the products from Terry's Naturally Europharma, everyday low prices. Have a great day. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to the Staying Healthy Radio Show. Remember to tune in Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. for the most up-to-date, relevant information on your health with the best guest in the industry, helping all of us to get healthy, be healthy, and stay healthy. For your convenience, podcasts of the show are now available at my website, drjeffreyburke.com. Simply click on the archive icon to make available on-demand podcast downloads. Make sure to visit Stay Healthy Health Food Store for all your nutrition needs. Stay Healthy provides reliable, responsible, relevant service every single day. I look forward to talking with all of you soon.